0: Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. Here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like I have an outlet for the creativity and ideas I want to share with the world. I recommend you give it a try. We all have a voice, so share it with the world. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today.
1: The thing that gets me is, say, for example, and this is probably an obvious example, but it'll make the point where we see people who are, um, well, they would call themselves psychics. And in those situations, they also will have information about a certain area, but it's not coming from the Holy Spirit, it's coming from a familiar spirit. And so I always say, really, whenever we're led into a situation like that, and that's why I don't go looking for it, because if, if God comes to me, He's going to always confirm anything that he is, He's showing. He's going to give me His Word, there's going to be other believers. Um, so sometimes situations where it's, it's, it's the counterfeit and it's the genuine. And the counterfeit can look so much like the genuine, but it will lead us astray.
0: Welcome to the Days of Noah Podcast, where we talk all things biblical, supernatural, and strange. Today we have a special guest with us, Nicole Watt, who I found doing some research online about New Age counterfeit versus Christianity, and found that she had written an article for Christianity Today, and was a former Reiki healer, and was into the New Age for many years, into the occult, and God brought her out of that, showed her the truth uh, of it, and showed her a way out and so we were privileged to get in touch with her and have uh, an incredible just edifying fun conversation with her. So I think you're really going to enjoy this and we're definitely going to have her back again. So enjoy. Hello, Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm good.
2: Hello.
0: Good to see you. Uh, I'm Pete, that you've been uh, communicating Hi. with.
1: Luke. Hello, Luke. Good to see you yep. guys.
0: Yep, this is my brother.
1: Wow, fantastic!
0: And you are you're in Ireland, huh?
1: I am Northern Ireland, wow. especially the UK. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So, and what part of you guys are Central Time? You said so. Yes. May I ask what part of America are you? Yeah, in.
0: so we both grew up in Wisconsin, which is where I am still. Okay. Luke took a different yeah, path. And I've Louisiana.
1: Good. Oh, down very Louisiana, good. Yeah,
0: Just north of okay.
1: New, uh,
2: New Orleans. So.
1: I have been to Louisiana. Um, in fact, we're in the process of moving home, and both of my sons are keen to go into the bayou. <laughs> which, fascinating, but scary. Have not been to Wisconsin yet, though, so that's cool. We're in three different locations today.
0: Yeah. So by going, you mo-
2: mobile right now. Yeah. <laughs> Say again. You're, you're, you said it looks like
1: you're mobile right
2: now. You are in
1: you a know- vehicle? Do you know what? I'm mobile. Well, I am in a vehicle, but um, my husband unexpectedly surprised us and came home. And so it's a ruckus in the house. We're actually um, in the UK. We do these little things called holiday parks where everybody has like a little holiday home, but they're like, you know, prefabricated little caravan type things. And um, so we're up here for the for the weekend. But the walls are so thin and I was expecting to have my quiet time and. The kids would be playing.
2: Yeah, I'm here with. Uh, my but now two that boys he's and here, and it's wife, just too much. So, so I thought up,
1: I'll just come out here and I'll do my own um, thing.
2: So I'm going to mute as much as
1: possible. <laughs> but uh, that's what i have to. I mean, you know, yeah. when you're family, and and that's how it is. We yeah. we have to make it work in between our other you're, responsibilities. You're in a, so in a basement, aren't you? Very good.
0: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in a basement, and my wife is taking care of our. Uh, special needs niece and so she moved her to another room because uh right above the uh <laughs> i'm right below the living room so uh, our floor is kind of creaky so the <laughs> the house was built in 78 um and so the floorboards you can kind of see them they don't they don't have the joists in, you know uh, that newer construction has to make everything just that much more sturdy so um things kind of creak a little bit so I have,
1: I have That's to, the character.
0: Yes. That's I have the to,
1: character of those houses, you know, that's yeah.
0: right. I have to tell people, okay, so, recording. So Nicole,
2: you said you're, uh, you're planning on coming back to the States. So how long have you been in uh, that area where you're we, presently we at?
1: Are, um, I have lived in Northern Ireland for 13 years. Really? So yes, my husband is from here and um, he had, we had mutual friends in the States. So we met each other in that way, and um, here we are, thirteen years. <laughs> I laugh because I love it here. It's it's beautiful, and the scenery, and I love castles, and I I love all of that. Really fits into to my personality, but it does rain here a lot, like every day a lot. And um, I always laugh because people are like, "Oh, you have the dream," and I'm like, "Yeah, don't believe those photos. It, it is gorgeous, <laughs> but." Severe vitamin D deficiency, you know, we're all taking vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I have to ask, Have uh, you've been there around 13 years. Have you gone over to the Isle of Man?
1: That is, I have not. And I always hear how wonderful it is. My kids were too little um because i came over here and we've we've like our youngest is nine and then COVID hit we had started to travel we had just started to travel i'd gotten over to prague and i'd gotten to italy and you know, been to england a couple times and scotland and i started to branch out once the kids got a bit older and that was one place that we have not been there unfortunately there's a couple places i haven't gotten to but you know so many it is beautiful what it
2: places to, to to visit and uh have I, you I, been I... there I have not. It's a, a okay. bucket list thing. Um, yeah. I, I ride motorcycles. So they're getting really close here in the next month, uh, uh, which yeah. is tomorrow, uh, the TT race. And yeah. So they shut down the island and, uh, you know, race on public roads. Around. Yeah. It's, like, it's wild. At, you it know, is at really like neat. 150 miles an hour or more. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh, fantastic. It's funny the things we're drawn to. There's so much in this world to enjoy, and I know as Christians, right, God says He puts eternity in our heart, and I always just imagine—no one, I guess, knows—well, I mean, the Bible does give us some clues, and but different people speculate, but I often think as beautiful and wonderful it is here, there's going to be adventures in heaven, there's going to be things that God is going to be like, let me just—you thought you loved that there? You know, that was me getting your attention. Or that was me putting that adrenaline in you or whatever. And I've got an even more psyched up experience right. for you here. Like, I just can't wait to see how some of our, you know, cause I know we're not to love the world, but I also believe he puts passions in us for certain things and makes us, makes us unique. Right. So I often wonder how will that translate when we're, when we're in heaven, you know, I hope we get to see all these other neat places.
0: For sure. I, th- I think we'll, we'll get to enjoy some of those things too. Like, my Dad and I like to play chess, and uh man, you could spend a lifetime learning that game, and you still don't have it all and it's like hey dad we'll we'll have all the we'll have eternity to master that and do all the other stuff and be with God. it's like <laughs> so isn't
1: that amazing, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. My for, son loves yeah. chess, and so yeah, I know, I know oh, what you're yeah. saying. It's there's always every time I think I'm like, you beat me now in like 10 seconds, he's oh. like, oh, I'm just beginning.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, always the, something to learn. The learning curve to that game is off the charts. Like you, I, I I compare it to like, well, not compare it, but to contrast it, I guess, to like professional poker players, right? Okay, that takes a decent yeah. bit of skill, a decent bit of time it's nothing close yes. to what these grandmasters have to put in. I'm yeah. um, not even Gosh, close. Yeah. But anyway, all right. Lots of, <laughs> lots of different rabbit trails. <laughs> know, we, we, we can go on. Thought
1: we going just talk, right? Okay.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So thanks for coming on, uh, Nicole Watts. So you are a freelance writer and how I came across you, I'll give you a little backstory. And our listeners have heard this, us uh, touch on this the last several episodes. So Luke and I were going to have, um, a particular guest on a few weeks ago, And what caught my attention, I found him on Twitter or people referencing him, and um, was one of the things that we want to research more on or, or have a guest on to talk more about, I guess, is about human trafficking, deep underground military bases, things like that. And so this person had some experience or knowledge on those topics. And so without doing a lot of research about kind of his background or whatever, I was like, hey, come on the show. Well, we had some reservations about that after we had looked into him more and turned out that he had kind of a blend of New Age and Christianity, was doing things like being a Reiki master, um, astral projections, stuff like this. I mean we j- it just didn't sit well with us to kind of give them a platform to talk even though maybe it's a good topic about what we were interested in um anyway so long story short that's what got me into looking into okay how is it people blending new uh, Christianity and new age and and why are they doing that what are the things that they're that they're missing and, and And what's the contrast of doing things God's way? So that's how I found your article in Christianity Today. So maybe you could just give us, um, and I have it in front of me here for reference, but maybe you could just kind of give a little bit of maybe your childhood background of kind of Christianity and then how the occult and New Age kind of uh, sucked you in, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, and I hear what you're saying about that, that man. Um, so what's important? Well, I was raised, uh, my parents both believed in God, but they had both been um, kind of put off by organized religion. So we were sort of the family. I was well-loved, um, but we were in church on Christmas and Easter that sort of uh, situation, but my grandmother lived down the road, and um, she loved Jesus. She taught Sunday school, and uh, so I was able to go down there a lot and visit with her and go to church, and she had so much unconditional love. So when someone loves you like that, it's a lot easier to take in, you know, what they're saying. So I loved hearing her stories about Jesus and I was sleeping overnight and um and I just remember she would talk about him and it was as if she really knew him. Like he was really her friend. And that always really excited me. But at the same time, in my childhood, I was experiencing uh, sexual abuse, not by my parents or anyone like that, but by another person in our community, another family member. And I really think um, from, from my own experience and talking to other people who get into the occult, there is something about the abuse that makes us vulnerable to the prey of the enemy. Now, not to say that other people aren't, but but there's something about it, whether it's just the lack of, you know, the way it attacks your identity, um, there's so much shame in it, um, rejection, any, any type of thing like that. And that definitely happened to me. So when I became a teenager, that was one of the issues. When I became a teenager and I just didn't have a good sense of self and I didn't have good boundaries and I was seeking I think some sort of equilibrium, something that would make me feel more powerful. That was part of the equation. The other part was, um, ever since I was a, a little kid, and I want to be very clear um, because I'm going to talk about some of the spiritual gifts. But even as a child, you know, I could I could sense things, I could feel things, um, and then I could you know, I would just know things about people. Um, in the article I mentioned, my mom would always be like, oh, you know, you're being nosy. Or, you know, she would always, like a typical kid is like, no, I know there's something going on. And lo and behold, you know, like one of our neighbors with her father was really into pornography. And I, I loved going to play at her house, but I just always had these strange feelings around certain places of the house. And I would come home and, You know, my parents, you know, of course they didn't want me to be rude to another adult, but this would go back and forth. And then one day my friend took me, I don't want to be too specific and give away, you know, but um, just took me to a location in the house where one of the places I had really just felt like I didn't want to be there and showed me this, you know, drawer for, you know, full of pornography magazines. And um, so I was always picking up things like that. So when I got older I we you know even with my grandmother who later in life would talk about some spiritual gifts but I never remember any of that being brought up as a child and so it was by default that I started looking to find out for myself well what is this how can I do this what what what's happening to me and so of course I was even and I look back and I think I was in a high school library and I came across books on Satanism and witchcraft and spell casting and clairvoyance, and I think, wow, how is that? You look nowadays, and they don't want anything biblical in the schools, and I'm thinking, how was that in there on shelves with serial killers and you know serial killers who believed in the demonic? And it was, and I mean, as a as a young person who was insecure and everything else, I mean, the devil just seduced me, right into. Here, come this way. This is, you know, and this gift is making you special, and this gift is making you powerful, and you know, you can know things. To someone who's been violated, the ability to know what might happen or to to see is is something that is very attractive. Well, I can protect myself because now I can see what's going on all around me, um, or I can tell if somebody's going to do something. So that was really what drew me. Into uh, and I say to be very clear about it, and I'll end on this: is that as a mature believer, well, maturing Mm -hmm, believer, um, I I see it in the church this desire to find these gifts as if it's something special rather than seek God. I never go looking for visions. I never go oh, God, show this to me, and, you know, I will pray and read the Word, and I will pray for people, mm-hmm. and I will always say, God, if you want to show me something or if there's something I need to know, you know, and that will happen. Um, but I never go in pursuit of that. I think that's where the there's so much error that can occur when we're pursuing the supernatural. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about that because— um it sounds like you, the gifting that you have, and do you feel like you still have that level of discernment that you're able to pick up on some things?
1: I definitely do. It's, it's not as important to me probably yeah. as it once was, only in the sense that I now understand where it comes from. And so okay. I know if God's going to say, it's not just him saying something to me. When you have It's the gifts he gives all of us. We all have something and it's really wonderful to think this is about serving the community of my church community or this could possibly, you know, sometimes you have an opportunity to share something with someone. Most of the time when God shows me stuff, even if it's a vision, I just feel led to pray, you know, led to pray, led to worship over that. That's really the purity of it. And then sometimes he'll step out and he'll say, go say something. And I mean it's amazing the way he reaches out and talks to people and they're like, Oh my gosh, I was one, you know, there's something that maybe they couldn't discern themselves in that moment. But I think it's just more fascinating that everybody knows that, you know, when we're saved, God gives a certain gift to all of us to build each other up and to help and to glorify and worship him. And that's why you know, it's it's important, but it's not as, if that makes any sense. It
0: it does. Because as, as i'm we're kind of exploring the contrast between new age spirituality which again one of the one of the themes kind of on our show is that the reason people get into false gods and idol worship and all these other things counterfeit things it's it's not because they have no power it's because they have some some validity it's just that they're counterfeit right and so we see yeah. We see that there is a lot of self involved, a lot of ego involved. That was the thing about the person that we were going to have on is like we kept sensing like it's all about him. He's not gaining God's heart for these issues and how and inquiring of the Lord of how to proceed. Um, but no, yeah. that's fa- it's fascinating what you're saying because um, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of uh, Dr. Laura Sanger. But one of the things she does is she'll have teams of people that kind of have that gifting of discernment, and they'll be able okay. to, through through research, they'll figure out um, areas that uh, have been defiled by by sin in the past, and then on behalf of, of God, be able to, to come in and, and kind of cleanse that land or repent of that, that area. So she's talked about like a school with a pattern of suicides, and... These people with similar gifts to yourself being able to go into the school and sense things going on in the in the spiritual world, but I I think wow. I think what you're kind of saying is like that's great, but if you're doing that all on your own apart from God, it really becomes like like you're a superhero. It's all about you kind of thing. Is that fair?
1: It it definitely is. If if it's not for God, um, the other thing is that there's such room for deception. Um, you know, Jesus Jesus talked about like in the Bible. We see the Holy Spirit, and then we see Him casting out other evil spirits. So there's situations where um, I can I can see. How do I explain this? Um, if it's the Holy Spirit leading us into a situation, then we're going to be led by that love, right? The, you know, Paul says all the gifts will cease, prophecy will cease everything, but it is love that's going to remain. So you're going in there to basically bring or, or be that part of the Holy Spirit that is the restraining power. However, I don't know how she does it. Some people believe in deliverance, some don't, some still follow the model of Jesus casting out demons and praying over an area. The thing that gets me is, say, for example, and this is probably an obvious example, but it'll make the point where we see people who are, um, well, they would call themselves psychics. And in those situations, they also will have information about a certain area, but it's not coming from the Holy Spirit. It's coming from a familiar spirit. And so I always say, really, whenever we're led into a situation like that, and that's why I don't go looking for it because if, if God comes to me, he's gonna always confirm anything that he is, he's showing. He's gonna give me his word, there's gonna be other believers. Um, so sometimes situations where it's, it's, it's the counterfeit and it's the genuine, and the counterfeit can look so much like the genuine, but it will lead us astray. So one time God gave me an image, I used to live in New York City. And when you're going through the subway tunnels, right? You have two trains that are side by side, and it's dark in there, but you can see the lights in the one train, and you can see the lights in the other, and you're both going in the same direction. And then all of a sudden, one will just veer off completely in a a totally different direction. And that's sort of how I look at the, the gifts, is the counterfeit and the genuine can walk side by side, but all of a sudden, the counterfeit will lead to a totally different place that doesn't glorify God. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, I think we're on the same page. I think page you hit it that. on the
2: head right there um, on how one of the tactics the enemy uses. So there's just enough truth to to to, to be true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why it's a counterfeit. But it's going to take you down a path that's not in your best interest. So yeah. back to what Peter was saying with this, with this guest. And I still don't know the answer. He claimed using these gifts... He was finding out information that everybody needs to know. Like, there's there's crimes taking place here. We need to expose it. We need to even as a website, you know, um, under the Getty. Mm-hmm. I know I'm mm. pointing yep. to or who he is, but
0: you can look it up. You know,
2: <laughs> he's. <laughs> but it's it's like we're using these giftings and we're trying to do something good with it, but. Yeah. In my mind, if he's using um, a power that is evil, you know, so it's not God given. It's it's more a selfish ambition. How? Why would the enemy use something that? uh, It's like the enemy exposing the enemy. I don't really understand. Well, what's that's
1: yeah. That's what I was going to say. Probably is an obvious, um, and I think I kind of then had that other example. But like, if you look at crime detectives and crime psychics, hmm. now I I don't know. I mean, I don't hang out with with crime psychics, so maybe some of them are. Well, you wouldn't call yourself a psychic if you're a, a child of God. That would be one thing, you know. But if someone else puts that label on them, I don't know without meeting the person if if it's truly a gift of God that's they're trying to use in the right way and is being exploited or if they're getting their information from the enemy, but the enemy's going to know where a dead body is buried, so of course he can give the information back to a psychic. You, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it is so, like if you so look at this guy, yeah
2: no, I think I think you're right, and I'm, I'm what popped into my head was deception. So yeah. even though there's the truth there, who's getting the glory? you know? You're going down the wrong path. It's, it's it might be new age. It might be another label. So that's getting the glory. Self is getting the glory. God's not getting the glory out of no. this. No. So it's it's a form of idolatry. Yes. Because yes. it's 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 a different path, and there might be some good things that you're doing. And I I, I know in your in the article, I want you to touch on this the healing aspect. Cause mm-hmm. that's really kind of confusing to people. Even maybe myself is maybe it's just all about deception. And, and like I said, um how can the enemy heal something unless the enemy causes the thing. Yeah. And then, it then he it reverses it yeah. to perceive or to deceive, you mm-hmm. know, that this is genuine. Mm-hmm. When it's just, a, it's just a, it's like a magic trick.
0: That's what Doreen yeah. That's what Durian yeah. Virtue said um, in one of her uh, YouTube videos. She said that that that, that was uh, one technique. Is the demo- demonic will put that that affliction on, and then they go seek out the the Reiki healing, right? And then they'll lift it to show that it was that it was effective.
1: Yes. So I would say two things. Um, the first is there is. There are genuine spiritual gifts, right? So we 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 know that we believe do believe that the people that God, I believe God still heals today. Mm-hmm. I believe He does still have these gifts um, for the body and to reveal Himself and because He wants relationships. So it's all about what He wants. So I know for myself, um, especially having had that background, I have safeguards in place. So if I Feel like um, if if I really believe that God's given me a word for someone, I will not just go and give that person the word because then that could be about me. Oh, look, look what I know! Look at me, look at me. You know, I will always ask a question. I think God might have a word for you, um, and I and I don't want that to happen often because I want every believer to hear clearly for themselves. So you're praying for that, right? I'm just talking about this particular gifting. So then if they give permission, so then I'll step into that. And then I'll always, instead of saying like, oh, I know this and anything to be, even if I'm sure upon sure upon sure, how do I present this in the most humble way that always says that this is about God? Does this resonate with you? So there has to be respect and you have to love that person. And there has to be free will, all the things that God is the fruit of the spirit, whenever you're involved in any of these things. The second thing is, is God made it very clear to me, you will never take money for any gifting or anything, any word, any anything you ever do for anybody. You will never take money for that. And even in the church, it concerns me the number of people who call themselves prophets or healers who are taking money. The amount of money charged, you know, even somebody that's charging $200 for a course, well, they get a thousand people to take that course. like. I don't see that as any different than Simon the Magician wanting to buy the power of the Holy Spirit and and other people will disagree on that. I'm not saying you can't ever get money for your time or get a donation for fuel, but I really think that there is an exploitation happening around these gifts. Okay. So that also if you if you take that aspect out, there's gonna be a lot less people who want to be part of the supernatural schools and these big mega churches and you know, there suddenly can't get, I I, I went to, um, I was watching a guy online who is put up, his name is put up by all sorts of big leaders and everything. And um, so I went onto his Facebook and I was just kind of hanging out and I thought, this isn't prophecy, this is divination. This is, I don't look around my room and, oh, I, my attention is drawn to my dog collars. It must mean that, oh, I'm supposed to open a dog shelter. God's speaking to me, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not saying God never brings our attention to things or he never, he does illuminate things. He does things, but we are in the physical world. And so, um, you know, so, so as I'm listening to him, I'm just getting that bad vibe. And then he comes on at the end and he says, well, I've got so-and-so here and so-and-so as a special guest. And for $300, the one guy was, you can have a half an hour prophetic session and another guy, and then his school was like two thousand dollars or something. And if you can't afford it, you need to, re, you know, you need to rebuke that. Um, what is it, orphan spirit and spirit of poverty? And and I'm thinking, and this guy has big platforms. I mean, he gets to speak in big places, and right. I can't, I can't judge. I don't know where his heart is per se, but I know I went back to God with this, and I, this is when He said to me, He said, "You will never take." One penny for any word ever you give. I don't care if it's, you know, the bartender, not bartender, but you know what I mean? Like the bus guy down the yeah. street or if it's somebody big or if the press, I don't care who it is. You will never take a dime for this. This is this is my gift to people. So that goes into the whole healing thing. Again, right off the bat, this whole, you know, oh, I'm going to charge $100 for a Reiki session or $50 for an energy that's supposedly not even... Mind to begin with it's this universal life force which we'll get into that maybe um so yeah i mean people i i believe on i believe it's two things one i believe that people when i was a reiki master people came with genuine problems and i i think that a lot of times they felt relieved of their symptoms because there was human contact you know, it was just God created us. So his spark and his power is in, in us. You can tell when you hold someone's hand that you love or you hug someone that you love. You know, that that's part of his creative force and his love and the way he designed us with the, the muscles and the skin, the sensitivity to the touch. And I mean, God was, he's a genius. So he's created this. So you can go and you can touch someone and you can spend 30 minutes, you know, putting your hands on their head, which is a Reiki, you know, or on their shoulders or, and Sure they're they're going to feel some sort of alleviation of symptoms. So that's one thing I think is is part, partly what's happening. And the other thing is I absolutely believe that um, that just like the enemy can be a spirit of divination and give people that power and then as a Christian, we'd cast him out and so that person would lose their ability to quote unquote prophesy, but not really it's divination or, they never had it in the first place and it was Satan. And then you come along like, you know, these people are ill and, Oh my gosh. And this works. And isn't this wonderful. And, you know, I had crystals and that healed me. And then I had this and it's, it's a, it's a never ending. You need Jesus. You need your Bible. (laughs) In (laughs) the new age, it is a never ending. You need this. This is next. This is next. You need this to get well. It's never.
0: Right. You know, um before so, before we get into the to the Reiki stuff and that part of it which I want to talk about, one thought I had and this could be way off, so feel free to say nope, I didn't have that that inclination. But as you were talking about kind of that dividing line when you were young between the the, the Christian influence that you had, but then that pull towards supernatural things and how alluring that was. Do you feel like the the church by and large is doing a disservice by in in most of the conservative evangelical circles where we kind of push that aside we kind of believe those things in the bible but like I just I just am curious if you ever felt like if there was an outlet for that in your christian walk that maybe you could have learned how to do that God's way versus, oh, there's nothing there's nothing here biblically that I can explore this, but over here there is, so this is where I'm going to go. I don't know.
1: I think that's a great point, and absolutely. Um, I have never met anyone in the New Age that argued about whether or not there were spirits, and they all believe that their children— were reincarnated, you know, 3000 times and and I'm not trying to be facetious. I mean, they really believe that they've come with special gifts and they've come with messengers and, you know, so they are so looking into the spirit world and Christians, I remember when I first started going to church and I went to a great church that taught spiritual warfare to the adults, but the children We're learning Bible studies and, you know, David and the same traditional and making crafts, and that is always the way. And from my experience, Satan talked to me from the time I was a child, and I didn't know it was him. I didn't know this battle in my mind. I didn't know how he was doing things. And so, yes, I believe without, you know, obviously, you know, there needs to be balance. We don't want to scare children. But I, I believe even if even if those in authority in the church who were trusted to look after kids, if they were praying every day, you know, every Sunday, they prayed over kids, prayed over protection, really, instead of always looking to teach, ask, what's going on with you this week? Being discerning, how is the enemy speaking? How is God trying to speak to our kids? What's happening here? The only church I ever went to, um, some like the church, some don't, but was the Vineyard Church, and the one I went to for just a short period of time, but that woman was really on the ball, and she was fiercely protective of her kids, and she also taught them about prayer, and I can remember my son and all of us going out in the street. And she talked to, they did like a trick or treat, but it was treat or treat. So they would go to the door and offer candy and say, could we pray for you? Wow! And I remember my son was like five and it it was the Holy Spirit. The boldness came over him. (sighs) We were walking down the street and he left the group and went over to a group of teenagers that were working on a car engine. He's like, trick or or treat or treat, can I pray for you? And he like, they all were like, whoa, dude. Yes, And he put his hands on and he prayed. And wow. I I mean, our children are born whole persons. God, you know, he created them. They're not. So they're going to be attacked and he's going to speak to them the same that he does to us. And I, I think there could be so many adult problems that we would never experience. The church would be stronger if we did that, if we worked that way with our kids. Yeah. Because the new age is Satan. Satan is. Satan has got little kids using Ouija boards. And that's right. You know, so why are we I mean, we stand on the greatest authority ever. Yep. Why are we afraid to walk in it?
0: And we're we're wasting that resource, like you said, with with, you know, Sunday school, you know, crafts and stuff. Wow. You touched on so much so much there. I want to just make a couple comments. Um one is uh, if if you've ever heard of Tim Bents and we've had him on our show a couple times, um, he has a, an incredible testimony of um, dealing with ancient Canaanite altars through spiritual warfare, and he's talking about being over in uh, the Middle East and there's this three year old who's just dancing around like David worshiping, and there's there's a there's like a storm cloud that comes in there's like a demonic face and all the people around them saw this and this child picks up a stone and throws it into the air and it was like it was like an earthquake sound when the when the rock hit the ground but yeah like this little child is doing this warfare and then we had Tim on last week for a follow up and he's talking about his upbringing and it was very unique how he had an encounter even at two years old with, with Jesus, a very, very unique. And he says, you know, we, we can, I'm trying to remember how he phrased it. He said, by the, by the time children are six, we can, we can pretty much, you know, beat that out of them. That, that kind of that childlike, uh, I don't know that, that resource that God is, trying to build uniquely in each child. And, of course, like you said, it there's a balance and we want to have discernment. But, yeah, I think there's a resource to that. And then another story I remember hearing about is, like, little children being able to go into, you know, a, a murderous tribe in some African country where, you know, the adults could never get in there. They would all be killed if they tried to go in and evangelize or whatever. But these children are able to go in. And do this stuff mm-hmm. like it's it's such a resource. And Satan knows that.
1: Yes, he does. Do you think that is partly what the scripture, a little child will lead them means? Or do you think that means something else? I wonder. Could that be? Yeah, I don't know for sure. But I when you're talking and I'm making a list of the other people you mentioned, because <laughs> I haven't heard of that. I'm like, I'm going to go and research this because this is great. It, it's really encouraging to hear other people who are saying this. And I, I totally agree with him. I, I can remember, you know, I remember I was asked to speak at a church one time and I, I went to God and I said, you know, what, what should I talk about? What should I say? And um, he showed me an image of himself when the abuse in my life started. And he was right next to me leaning, because I used to always say, I've believed in Jesus since I was little. And I know my grandmother talked about it, but People always have like that moment where they're where they think they accepted Jesus. And I would always say, I don't I don't remember that. And I remember just this. He just showed me. He's like, I was right there with you. And you knew you needed me to get through what you were experiencing. And you called on me. And 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 there I was, you know, I was there for you. And I, I don't know. I, I often actually I, I do know I and it doesn't happen to everybody. Everybody's different. I have a sin nature too. I can't just point to other things. I have to look at my own sin nature as well. Um, but then you know I I do believe had I had instruction in that, and I do believe that for other children, that they that, that you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't go looking outside of the church. And I remember a, a Bible teacher, Beth Moore, said that once. She says, "Why do we, why do we make people feel they have to go outside of the church for fun? You know, re- true prayer times are really fun and wild. I mean, you know, when you get to experience them, and times of of really being in the Word are so. We are supernatural beings. That we we are, if that's the term for it, our spirits are eternal. And so we are beyond the five senses of this world. And yet for some reason, and, and I would love to know why, uh, I know so many churches, they're always like, well, that's not safe. We shouldn't do that. And it isn't. Um, and
0: it isn't. But, but I think that's where, right. The discernment and also um, yeah. uh, surrounding yourself with people, other believers that you can bounce things off of. Don't, don't go off on your mm-hmm. own like this, this, potential guest that we turned away, he was kind yeah. of doing it solo, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we want to do on, on our show here is, like, we're inspired by, like, the late Michael, Dr. Michael Heiser, you know, in, in understanding the supernatural worldview, um, and the Bible's full of it, but a lot of us kind of yeah. give lip service to that and go, oh, well, yeah, I believe in walking on water and all this stuff, but when it comes to today they 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 kind of uh, so i think on both extremes right so you can either be you can be too conservative in and say that you know be a cessationist it's all it's all that stuff has ceased and then the other extreme where you're all about experience and and you're not testing things against god's word and things like that but um yeah so um okay so go back so you were um getting pulled into that in your in your in your teen years i guess into the occult, into things that seemed really appealing, and so did you kind of have to put your your Christian beliefs on the shelf, or did you, or was that was that more of like a head knowledge at that time?
1: I would say it was it was not a head knowledge in the sense that. Um, I lived and say like I lived in the country and I spent a lot of time in the woods and I would always be talking to God like I just loved Him and I loved looking at the pictures of the Bible um, in the in the Bible my grandmother gave me and I loved talking to her but I wasn't trained in say in spiritual warfare you know I didn't know how to discern like I knew when God was talking to me. How do, how do you describe it it's like you know God is that still small voice so he's he's talking but as you as you get older and you know um, becoming a young woman and then all your friends are going out and all the world the world gets so loud the world just gets so loud and because of the nature of the abuse I was experiencing I had tried to bring it up a few times and I I couldn't get anywhere with it I think there was a um I think there was just a a not, you know, kind of trying to understand what I was what I was saying. I'm not sure what happened there, Um, but I think my my surroundings became less and less safe. So I looked for safe. You know, I looked for life out in the world, so to speak. Um, And it's interesting because I got into so much trouble um, that my parents, I think, just needed a break. And my grandparents offered to take me in for a while. And I remember going to stay with my grandparents. And of course, it was expected that we went to church and my grandmother was a discipline. She was she was a lovely, you know, everything. We're going to clean this and do that. And you've got to get your homework and there's no arguing. And because she was such a peaceful person in her presence, the demons had no power. You know, I've written about that. There was a, there was something in her. The demons that were getting access to me because I was doing drugs and alcohol, and I was, you know, um, having relationships with guys. The demons were just coming into my my world. So that drowned out any kind of. It wasn't that it. It wasn't that I ever stopped seeking, because I would. I would just, you know, I would run out into the woods and just cry out, God, where are you? I'd have these moments of clarity where I knew something was wrong. And I remember going to stay with her and just a peace came over me. And now I look back on it and I realize because they they couldn't cause a ruckus. They couldn't, you know, they have they have you by the nose and they couldn't do that to me there because whatever she was praying and whatever she was doing. um,
0: Well, she wasn't giving them time. She wasn't giving them access. Right. Because
1: she wasn't. No, she wasn't. She was. And they didn't drink. They didn't drink in that house. They didn't. You know, it was very calm. They didn't argue. You know, there, it was just a very different kind of environment. And um, so, it wasn't that I ever let it go. I mean, when things really got bad with the Ouija board and and I started having um, hearing demons in my room at night, I knew to go get the Bible. I knew to go back. But I remember distinctly sitting at my desk with my lamp on trying to read the Bible and it was gibberish. It was just wow. complete confusion. So there was definitely a battle going on and my grandmother was a discerning woman mm-hmm. and as I got older, she would talk to me about more mature topics. But I don't know if it was my age that she was um, held back because she wasn't my parent, you know and I wasn't an adult that there was things she didn't discuss with me or if it was that she just came from such a different generation that she wasn't clear, on the depths of what I was involved in, that she didn't speak into that Okay. because later in life, she would often speak into to my life. I remember her talking to me about reincarnation and the poor woman. I was just like, I'm never going to change my mind, you know, but she, she knew all about it to speak into it. And eventually of course she was right. You know, and I went back and apologized and said, Nana, you're right. My, you know, when I, when my eyes were finally open to the truth, huh. but I, I do wonder, um, about the backsliding and 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 how cuz I know of other people that love the lord but the enemy still gets a hook and that's something I'd be more yeah.
0: yeah you 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 put it in a in a good way I think um it, it, the world was loud it it drowned out yeah. right the still small voice because yeah. i mean that's man that's something that just resonates with me as in my own you know ups and downs of life is There are so many voices, there are so many distractions, and that's probably one of Satan's chief tools, is that he doesn't have to necessarily get us to believe in something false or even do something bad. If he can just waste our time and make us feel uninspired and go off in this direction or I don't feel like it, so I'll go over here and do this instead of doing something worthwhile, I mean... (laughs) I mean, just think about, you know, the Internet and smartphones, like there's just so much clamoring for our attention and he just wants to make believers ineffective.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. And that's the other. It's interesting that you say that because we do we are numbed in our world. We're numbed. You don't have to be into drugs or alcohol, or you can just be numbed by social media, by the scrolling, by all of that. Mm-hmm. And that is another, I think, mark that's different from the new age. That from a true Christian, I think I touched upon it in my in my article, if I if I recall correctly, um, is the suffering piece. Whenever I hear people, oh, I want to know how to have this gift, and I want, and people will contact me from the article, and I believe they're genuine. They genuinely have a heart for God, and they've recognized that there's a, de- a desire in them. Um, most people want to lay hands, most people want to heal, they want to do good for others. But when they start to go in that direction, or I say to them, you know, Believe me, <laughs> you know, I can't think of a time when I didn't give a significant word to somebody or God called me to write an article or to do something that I didn't experience, something really hard in my life, you know, something really hard. I mean, there there's suffering, there's persecution that goes with this sort of thing. And so you know, the new age wants peace and they want, like you said, you know, they want to be known for something and they they want um, prosperity and they they want all these things. So when you have Christians who are saying they want to serve God, but seem to be wanting all these good gifts and, you know, you know, give me this and look at this and look what we're doing. And this is amazing. They either haven't been truly initiated into the path of Jesus. I'm not saying it's an everyday suffer. I have so yeah. much joy in my life right. and and I'm getting better at, I'm getting better at knowing the hits will come. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) hey, you know what? Doesn't I have a hedge of protection around me? And you know, so. But at the same time, I am skeptical of anyone who hasn't been, who isn't. um, I just think when you walk with Jesus, you you just you really tend to um, be a lot more realistic about those things, and and you know that this path is going to be one of suffering at times and I'm going to go this way anyway, because I see that this is God's heart for his purpose for me. This is what he's asking me to do. This is the cross. He's one of the crosses he's asking me to carry. And, you know, there's other people that have, in my opinion, far harder crosses to bear. So um, that goes back to your point, I think is just, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I I appreciate you sharing all this. Um, I want to go back to part of your story. So you talked about the abuse. You talked about the amazing grandma that you had, Uh um, this battle that you were facing for the ability to protect yourself, but yet there's the Christianity influence. So Uh I know in the article you you mentioned in your 20s, it seemed like you – the, the demonic or the new age or the, the, the Reiki is a Reiki, Reiki, um, yeah. Reiki yeah. Uh, influence was stronger or at least that's what you chose. Mm-hmm. Right. So kind of explain the path you took there and what led you back.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I think it was, Well, when I went into Reiki and I started getting into the New Age, they don't believe in Satan. They think that the Christian view of Satan is very low vibrational. So they talk about how we raise our vibration and the higher vibration we ascend and then we become like an ascended master. So everybody can be like Jesus, in other words, Mm -hmm. you know, we can. But of course, without the, you know, um, so... So that's kind of their thing. So they believe that Satan is more the collective shadow of mankind. And if we can all heal ourselves and in turn heal other people, we can rid ourselves of this shadow and have this wonderful world. And I, you know, there was so much I didn't understand back then. I, I, um, but I I believed in Satan and I believed in God and I believed in some sort of spiritual warfare that was happening. So when I found the Reiki or the Reiki found me, um, it was appealing to think, Oh, okay, well maybe there's no Satan or maybe I can um, somehow get out of this cycle of torment that I find myself in, you know, it was okay for a little while and then I get drugged down and then it's okay and I get drugged down. And, um, And I think it was also a family situation. There's underneath the surface, people are people. And so there is competitiveness in the new age and there is definitely ego, um, they think we're, we're all gods, you know, we're all God in that regard. So, so there can be, but there's also people who are genuinely seeking some sort of healing and peace. They genuinely want to be good people. There's a lot of uh, abused people in the new age who are healing from past abuse and want to break the cycle. So, so there's, you know, again, you see the, the genuine and the counterfeit. Um, and I was attracted to all of that. I loved being part of a group. but the, but I got into it and, and I loved the idea. I, I think we're, you know, we are born to work. We're born to have a purpose and we're born uh, in that purpose to, you know, part of our work can be our worship. And I think for someone like myself being sensitive and being compassionate, I love the idea of being able to help people feel better. And, um, so I was really drawn into to the Reiki, and uh, I went all the way through the classes. There was a point where I started to—and, you know, we believe what we want to believe at the time. So there was a point where I started to really doubt, because in Reiki, they do all these fancy hand symbols, and, you you know, you move your hands around, and you do this, and you do that, and everything, and that supposedly brings in more power. And I remember there was another guy in our group, and he he was a Christian— and he said, I just don't understand. Like Jesus never did this. Why do why do we have to do this? You know, yeah. The, Doreen, Doreen so,
0: virtue talks about the the different symbols, right?
1: Yeah. It's like Jesus yeah. never
0: used these symbols.
1: No. And and we would know. And that's the other thing. You know, in these in the New Age and in these groups, you know, the Bible says you search where to search for the treasure which means we don't just sit there and God just reveals everything. We are to go on a journey, but that's about knowing God. That's the more we search in the Bible for the treasure, the more we come to know who God is. Whereas in the new age, that is twisted into, there is all this secret knowledge. And of course, there's always one or two people in every class that's special you know, and they're able to find the secret knowledge. So in my case, there was myself and a few two others and we were the special ones. And we were you know, we were promoted to the to the next level and the next level and the next level. Right. So. um so yeah, but but Jesus the things that we need to know, he tells us very clearly. He was able to heal because of his he, who he was first of all mm-hmm. and because of the power of God that was working in him. Okay? So so we're we're told straight out why he does that. But like I said, we believe what we want to believe. And so there was a part of me that was like that's really neat and everything. And yet mm, maybe all these things are necessary. Maybe it's Jesus and this. Maybe it's you know, something more. Mm-hmm. And, and and I was still looking for adrenaline and I was still looking for excitement and I was still wanting to be special uh, where the God, you know, the Bible tells us we are all special. We're all made in his image. He loves each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not through works. So I got into the Reiki anyway, and I really, I just loved it. And I don't know. I, I mean, at the beginning. Was it demonic power that gave me insight into what was going on with people? Was it the Holy Spirit that was trying to get my attention? I, I'm I'm not, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't and I don't think I need to draw that conclusion. It could be something that God'll sit me down when I get to heaven and say this is exactly what was going on. And I, I think it shows reverence to not necessarily have all the answers. Uh-huh. What I do know is that um The way God moved in my life is I ended up in this little teeny tiny apartment. I was a single mom, and uh, my next door neighbor, they were raising their granddaughter, and she loved them. And I don't know if it was the grandparent thing because of my own grandmother, I'm not sure, but she invited me to church, and they would invite me over for dinner, and they just loved me so much. And it was that love. And so I ended up going to church. And the first day I was there, they were doing a Bible study on spiritual warfare and you know the i laugh because i remember the pastor was was talking about it and then he was like and we're having a spaghetti dinner today and anybody that stays after you know who's new today it's free and i said it must have been the holy spirit because i was not a big eater back then but i was like oh my gosh you know we've got to be this spaghetti dinner you know <laughs> can't miss it <laughs> i was like i've got to go to this it's like the best thing in the whole it's what i've been waiting for my whole life is this spaghetti dinner <laughs> But it was it was I the, think it was the Holy
2: Spirit just gave you that like craving definitely. for
1: spaghetti.
0: It was the meatballs, definitely. It the yeah,
1: <laughs> because it, it couldn't. It just couldn't. I like you know. Just I look back on it and I laugh. And that's the beautiful thing. That's the power of God. I mean, we don't have to if we're if our heart or if He's drawing us, we don't have to worry about missing Him. You know, or no matter what our past is or what, I mean, He will get our attention so so clearly. Um. So yeah, I went to that and. And, um, the women came around me and they offered to buy like the book to the Bible study. So I started going through this Bible study and I would go and honestly, I would sit and I would just cry the whole time. But that was the Holy Spirit was starting to speak to me and heal me and release me from this demonic hold that was on my life. It was, I really started to see I have been searching for so long for, for a place to belong and, and and i'm home i'm home now and um, so i i still though i still would keep going to the reiki sessions i think part of it was embarrassment i wasn't quite sure how to tell everybody that i was done but then i got to the point where i remember just looking at um i remember just looking at some of my students um one of the girls had had an abortion and she was upset and she came to me for guidance you know as her teacher and she said but i know it was a reincarnated child and he came for a reason and he'll be back and i thought i can't do this anymore i thought i i I cannot do this anymore because this is a you know like i just my eyes like everything just really opened up and i thought no i can't do this anymore so i just explained to everybody and i told her the truth that I believed, you know, in now that I didn't believe in that anymore. And and that this is, but that God had forgiveness and he loved her and that he didn't want to see her. She was in an abusive situation. He wanted her to be free and we just talked. And then I just told them all like, you know, here's your money back. And, you know, I can't, I can't do this, you know? And I left it behind, um, until unfortunately again, a few years after it really, you know, it's, A few years after that, um, I was working in a Christian school, and I hadn't done any Reiki in years. Um, And I got a, I'd gone to massage therapy school, and I worked with women. I loved doing that and pregnant women. And um, I, I ended up getting a phone call from a woman in massage, and she asked me if I would teach this class. And I remember just thinking, my hands heated up, and so this must be. This must be, you know, and I, and I know the double-mindedness is unbelievable. I look back on that and I think, how could I be so double-minded with everything that God did and showed me? Mm. And to be honest, I, I, I will, I will say, cause I, I don't want to, I'll kind of wrap this part up, um, and then maybe offer something, but anyway, I ended up going and I taught the first day. But I, I just didn't have that peace, you know, I just, and I kept thinking, okay, I knew the answer, but I didn't want to hear the answer because I was a single mom and I wanted the 600 bucks, you yes. know? So I kept going back to God. I'm just going to be honest. I, I kept going back to God and saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Hmm. And that was that night I had a dream and uh, I was in like the, it was like a vestibule or something. I was in like the front porch, tiny little area of the one woman's house And in the dream, I walked into the house and I was going to open the door into the main area of her house to teach the class. And the whole area was dark except like a bit of moonlight or something. And just as I reached the door and I I couldn't leave, in other words. Um, I was between the two doors, and the these two witches, like they just rose up out of the shadows. they looked like they were a chair they were they were the way they had shape shifted somehow they had shape shifted and they rose up out of the chair and I saw them for what they were, and the one came at me, and she actually her nose was like a skewer, it looked like she was going to just you know pierce me through and I praise God because I was so scared. That in the natural, I was just frozen, but I still was able to cry out, Jesus. And as soon as I did, they were they were gone. I mean, it wasn't even like a they didn't look at me and give me an evil look. There was nothing. I mean, they, they were demolished. And I was so in awe of that. And I, I was grateful, but I think that was really the beginning of the fear of the Lord for me. And I looked at that and I thought, okay, this is nothing. I'm, I'm not messing with this ever again. God is worth my my faithfulness, and I am done with this. Even if I'm poor, I don't care. <laughs> whatever you know, whatever
0: it takes. Well, oh that's whatever aw- it takes. That's awesome because yeah, you really unpacked uh, a part of your article there. So isn't it interesting how <laughs> I don't understand how this works? Like is 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 Satan not this smart or some of his uh, minions? But like it seems like he likes to scare people. And that's the thing that gets us back on track with God. Like uh, I was listening to, uh, so we have, there's another podcast um, called Church and Other Drugs and uh, Jed Payne is, is the one that does it. And uh, he came out of a lot of uh, addiction and drugs and different things. And he's a Christian now, but we had him on our show. And one of his episodes, he had a guest on that was messing with a Ouija board and, and it, it was an an event where he was just like freaked out by this thing. It started to spell Satan. He he asked who who's here with me, and it started to spell Satan. And he's like, "Nope, I'm done. That's that's enough." <laughs> and it's like, is I don't know, is the enemy that dumb? Um, I want that is
1: funny. That's yeah. a really good point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I don't know, but but for whatever whatever reason maybe god's like yeah go ahead and scare him just like with job right go ahead and do that yeah. you know because he knows <laughs> it's going to be used for good um he does b- before He's you so good. before you go and thank you so much for this and and if you ever wanted to come back and talk more or on more stuff we'd love to have you this has been great um, oh, thank you. But I wanted to ask a little bit about kind of the New Age belief about like Satan isn't real and it's just that a uh, lower vibration and this idea, because I've heard this idea of, and I maybe I never attached it to New Age until more recently, but the idea that we can solve all of society's problems all of the all of the human ills mm-hmm. can be fixed by technology by enlightenment right it's it's almost like the transhumanism argument right like a human 2.0 mm-hmm. like we're going to ascend to a higher level but is mm-hmm. it is it taught in kind of new age thinking that these things are like the Star Wars impersonal force that like all you're doing is tapping into like a law of physics, right? Like you go, go to a high school physics class and you learn how things work in nature. Right. is it taught right. like that, that this impersonal force out there, all we're doing is tapping into this impersonal force. We're not messing with demons and spirits and everything. It's just, I'm just learning how to tap into what's out there. Is that kind of how it's presented?
1: Uh, It depends. There's so many different... Someone described the New Age as a smorgasbord. So I would say there's people who, more so in the occult, definitely know they're tapping into demons and... Do that intentionally. There's people in the new age who feel they're tapping into, like with Reiki, they call it the universal life force. So that's just the general force that helps plants grow and sustains all life. And you know, you see that in a lot of Eastern mysticism and and things like that. And then there's other people that would believe in God, um, but they they don't believe. They think that you know Christ said he would be the stumbling block. I mean, they don't believe that one person. There's only one way to that God. Okay. And so that's where, you know, so they they do believe in a personal, they believe in a personal God. It's Jesus that they really have the issue with. They think he's a prophet or or just a great guy or or something. Right.
0: The the Oprah Winfrey Christianity, right? There's many paths.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. And it would
1: be, wouldn't it be interesting if it was like that? It would, it would certainly make things easier in some regard if, if, you know, we were, we were all just in control of our vibration and our destiny, and you know.
0: Yeah. Um, and we all ended up in heaven together. That'd be nice, but narrow is the way Jesus said, right? So.
1: He, he did. He did. He was very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's 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 Christians in the New Age. They go to church on Sunday, and you know they love Jesus as the person that you spoke to, and but you know jesus said you either gather with me or you scatter there's no there's no other way so i'm i'm not you know they, they have the double mindedness i guess that i did at one point um so maybe they'll get frightened yeah <laughs> not that we want will. them to get frightened but you know, but if just, it works
0: well i, I was going to ask it you works. Real, real quick i was going to ask you um too did when you were getting drawn into it when you were young Were you familiar with kind of the warnings like in the Old Testament about, you know, not to mess Mm -hmm. with some of this stuff? Okay. Yeah.
1: Definitely not. No, I think, and that's where we talked earlier, um, there is that dumbing down. I, I mean I, I was so familiar with the story of David and of course I was familiar with Jesus saying let the little children come on to me and you know I was so familiar with so many things it, the, the superficial not not that the Bible's superficial but you know those same safe kind of lessons Noah's Ark you know that sort um, but I I would have loved to um, and and you know I think we underestimate kids we underestimate I mean I look back on on childhood and I talked when I teach, when I had taught Sunday school, kids are aware much more than we realize that they are. And I know talking to my own son, I mean, he has seen evil spirits. He's seen different things. And it always comes on the tail of like we would have maybe a conversation like this. I will pray over my family, you know, and I will I will just pray to the Holy Spirit and just to be on the lookout and, and pray a hedge of protection because the enemy will come in. I mean, he's you know, he has um, said things, he's tempted my son before, my eldest son, you know, about giving him superpowers and <laughs> and this and that. And, and fortunately, he knows that I'm open, he'll come to me, say, Mom, I have this thought that keeps going through my head. And, you know, he's 12 years old, and this has been going on for years, wow. you know. So um, I would love to see parents be less we can have the sports and we can have the the fun things and and all of that and the schooling, but I would love to see Christian parents be more active and and on the offensive with really teaching their kids not just moral lessons, you know, and but but spiritual lessons that our kids can then discern. A five-year-old can tell Jesus or tell Satan to get lost, the same as that's right. A fifty-year-old you know yeah. and so. and
0: and you uh you said i think in the article here or maybe at the end it's, it said you're a homeschool mom and and my uh, my wife is too uh so yeah uh, we we've, we've got the opportunity right to do that and that's convicting to me you know is um um we have a daughter turning 10 here in a week or so so um that yeah and i think that's going to make christianity that much more fascinating too because if all we're presenting them is the cartoon sunday school oh this is what mm-hmm. kids should be learning and the and the important stuff is over here you know then mm-hmm. then then they then they see the world and how exciting the world is and they go oh this is more exciting yes. right
1: yeah wow. yes
0: well well yes definitely luke is there anything else that you wanted to to ask or add but no i
2: think we covered a lot okay. um but to your last point i mean i mean even this even came up with my son you know you got the harry potter books and all these different things that are are pulling on children and teenagers and stuff and it's pulling them in the wrong direction it's it's these mm-hmm. other powers you know that the enemies the, the tactics the enemy is using but wh- yeah. where are the parents the christian parents showing them the truth of supernatural and the angelic and mm-hmm. um, you know, the gifts of the spirit and that type of stuff is like, that's, that's going to give God glory. It's going to, you know, be rewarding for you and your relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord, but this is the genuine and the other stuff is the counterfeit. And it's like, yeah, it's almost like we, we hide it from our children or maybe we just don't know how to present it to them or they think they just won't receive it. I don't know which, what the, the reason is, but um, yeah. Thank you so and much I, I for I
1: I do think that's part of it. You hit like a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, maybe if you guys are interested, we'll have an episode on, <laughs> you know, we could talk about parenting and children and the supernatural. And I mean, I'm not, you know, it's just a, an idea, but, great. or there's other people that maybe have input in it as well. Cause I do believe that it's something that's, it's just not, there's not even the literature for it really that much. It's, definitely something i think we could do to equip our kids yeah. you know that would be good
0: yeah absolutely so, uh,
1: so, thank you so much
0: oh you're welcome thank you for your time this was so good um what it, it before we go though is there anything that um our listeners could learn more about maybe what you're up to are you are you working on any sort of books or maybe anything about your story kind of going in greater detail or
1: I am working on a book, um working title of heaven is not for sale. And obviously one of the key points will be uh in the church and in the new age that God's gifts are not for sale, you know. Yeah. And and what the true meaning of the gifts are. I will have information on and I'm not the expert. I'm not trying to say I've got it all down. I'm so learning so much, but I will be talking about children, you know, our kids and teenagers and um not having that knee jerk reaction if our kids are interested in those things but being proactive and realistic and um so yeah that's what I'm oh, I'm slowly awesome. working on because I, I have to I have to earn a living you know so I do do freelance work and then in my own time I I am working on and it'll have some questions and things in it that people can you know ask in scriptures to look up and okay. to reference you know so
0: that sounds really good. And, Thank you. And is there, Thank um, you. is there any contact info you want to put out there? If not, that's fine. But otherwise, I, we can point to people to your article.
1: You can do that. Or my... I just... I don't really... Sorry. <laughs> I'm starting to get tired. I said, I'm not much of a talker and I'm probably overloaded myself because I have talked. Um, I blog just on Facebook at walking out of night, night being the darkness, shame, evil, you know, so just walking out of night and okay. anyone could message me there or just might look up my name, Nicole Watt, and you'll find me. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Oh,
0: perfect. Yeah. Definitely want to plug you perfect. a little bit. So thank you. yeah, thank you for your time. And, uh, well, it's it's what? It's uh going on nine o'clock there in, in Northern Ireland. So um <laughs> Well you have it a is. good good rest of your night. Thank you so much, Nicole. And yeah, we'd Thank
1: love to Thank you, Luke and Pete.
0: Yep, yeah. we'd love to check back in in with you uh, uh another time. So this this episode will post in a few weeks and um I'll send you a link to that, so
1: I appreciate it, and I will share. You guys are doing a fantastic. Like I said, even my son was listening, and he because because at first I was like, I, okay, I'm going to have you listen. What do you think? You know, he's kind of my guy. He's like, there these guys go. are great. You know, he was so <laughs> interested, and so I was listening as well. And I thought one of the reasons I wanted to do this was because I thought they're talking about a lot mm. of these issues, but they're definitely grounded in in the Bible. So you're not shying away from these. But there's definitely it's biblical and it seems to kind of be fi- hard to find that two ingredients. And I thought, no, I definitely want to meet Luke and Pete and have a conversation and see what week. So it's great to talk to like minded. It's fairly encouraging. So I really Thank appreciate, for, really yeah. appreciate your time.
2: Thank you. For Thank the- you for the feedback. I mean, we, we started basically we wanted to do this almost like having a book club or a podcast mm-hmm. club. You know, we're we're listening to something, we're reading something and let's just have a discussion on it. So we were just yeah. doing that on our own and they're like why not record it? And yeah. okay, well since we recorded it, why don't we post it somewhere? And then, yeah. you know, just kept doing it uh, consistently and then we started getting some guests and
0: right. you know, yeah. so and that's kind of and it got started the ball with rolling. it started with Luke telling me about a podcast. Have you heard of Blurry Creatures?
1: No, okay. I'm writing all this
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you an email with all some of these names and stuff. So, yeah, that's what inspired okay. me to do it. So Luke told me about Blurry Creatures, with a, which is a couple of Christian guys that, that talk about, you know, Nephilim and Bigfoot and all the weird things out there, but with a Christian yeah. world, w- Christian worldview. And, you know, I just had an opportunity. That is opp- awesome. Yeah, and I had an opportunity, I guess it was last fall. At work, where I was able to stick an earbud in like every day during the week. And by like the third or fourth day of binging blurry creatures, I was like, I I think I messaged Luke or called him. And I was like, I'm kind of inspired to, to, I want to talk about like these are important topics. And that's, it grew out of that. So here we are, episode, this is, this will be episode 28, uh, what we're recording today. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> fantastic. Well, you're very easy to talk to, which is important for a podcast, oh, and very easy to talk to. So, well, keep going at it because it, it really is fantastic. It's it's a unique, it's a unique spot. So, thank you.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, and uh, safe travels as you, uh, you know, whenever that happens in the near yeah. future.
1: Very and, soon, uh, hopefully. And you said the friends. bayou
2: is is on the radar, so it is. Uh, <laughs> What, it why the bayou? I, I have to ask. The
0: Creole food, right? Um, How
1: did that come up? Well, I went to the bayou when I was uh, probably in my late 20s, and I did find it fascinating. And then part of our homeschool was slavery. And we discovered about the um, escaped slaves that had made a community deep in the bayou because the slave traders wouldn't come looking for them because of all the dangerous snakes and alligators. And I know, right? Um, So we started looking at that and my boys are big adventurers. We just love to get in the car and hit the road and go anywhere. And um, so part of their schooling is we would watch YouTube videos at different places. And this is just something that keeps coming up and uh, and I think too we don't we really don't have snakes here, mm-hmm. so I think that's also part of it. Is they really want to go see? <laughs> you know, they're boys. They're boys. Oh man, they, they want to see deadly. We have no deadly creatures. They want to go see deadly mm-hmm. creatures. So I need to find a safe way to erase. see. They're
0: they're reading. So they're, you can pray for me. Yes, they're reading. <laughs> you will handle deadly snakes and not be not be bitten. So.
1: Oh man! Not ready for that yet. That's West
0: Virginia. Okay.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god!
0: All right. Now I'm
1: second guessing myself. Maybe I'll stay here. But anyway.
0: (laughs) Who knows? Well, uh, thanks again, Nicole. This was great, and uh, and take care, and we'll we'll be in touch. All right.
1: Great. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good day. All right, you too. Bless you. God bless you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye now.
0: You've been listening to the Days of Noah podcast. Thanks again for tuning in again this week. We appreciate each and every listener out there. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please feel free to drop us a message at podcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform leave us a five-star review to help spread the channel. Take care. See you next week. God bless.